I'm Jeff Smith and welcome to The Secrets of Success. Throughout my life, I've been fascinated by one single question, and it's how do successful people become successful? What is it that makes that big difference in our lives? Over the last 40 years, I've interviewed rich people, famous people, and many millionaires to find out their secrets of success, and my aim is to share those secrets here with you. Of course, success is not always measured in money, and in these programs, I'm looking at many different success stories from people in all walks of life. I want to find out what makes them tick, how they overcame adversity to keep on going when times get tough, and I want to extract those magical nuggets of wisdom so that you too can implement the secrets of success into your own life. In today's episode, I'm talking with Melissa Acob. Melissa is a business mindset and manifestation coach. I'm really looking to find out what that means. So, she helps people to overcome their limiting beliefs to gain clarity, scale their businesses, and find inner peace. Her speciality is showing us how to master our mindsets to create extraordinary results in business and also in our personal life. Melissa realized that the key for success in her own life was to overcome the negative behaviors and experiences that she learned from others as a child. In 1999, in less than two years of running her part-time business, Melissa was able to leave her six-figure corporate job and she's an accredited master life coach and energy psychologist. This is going to be an incredible story of rediscovering who you really are, what you are capable of achieving, and of course, with Mel's help, how to achieve it. Let's bring in the amazing lady herself. Welcome to the show, Melissa Akar. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I'm grateful to be here. It's one, you're looking as amazing as you always do. How's <laughs> life? You. Where in the world are you today? Life is great. I am in the state of Washington, so it's very dreary and cold right now during the wintertime, but, you know, still doing it, staying warm, but yeah, it's one of those places where you just have to love during the summertime and then just make it through the wintertime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm in sunny England and not so sunny as I woke up this morning to three inches of snow on the ground. So, wow. yeah, it's yeah. pretty cold today, but nice and warm here in the studio. So I want to find out about you, your life to explore exactly what it is that you do and how you help others to succeed. But yeah. before we do that, I want to find out more about you, Mel. So three questions to get us going and to find out about the real you. So okay. where were you born? What was life like for you as a child? And what were your dreams and aspirations as you were growing up? So I was born and raised in Seattle, Washington. So that's where I, I still live today. And as a child, you know, being Asian, very Asian cultural background of, you know, trying to be a high achiever in your childhood. Don't talk, just listen, do what you're told. That's really what my childhood was. And that really 
wanted me to, you know, for my aspirations, I wanted to be a rebel in the end and just do what I wanted to do. <laughs> like get out of that bubble is really what I wanted to do. I wanted to find a way where I can express myself, but that also caused a lot of things that happened really in, you know, becoming and transitioning into a coach of taking that past history and past conditioning of that inner child. So as what was your childhood like? Um, so it was a lot of, what was it? So I'm, um, I'm the three, there's three daughters. So I have two other sisters. I'm the middle child. So as you know, middle child syndrome, that is a thing. The, the first <laughs> child gets spoiled. So does the last one. The middle's kind of stuck there, but I got over it eventually. But for me, it was like, um, it was always trying to please my parents, always trying to do the right thing. So, and it was always, there was a lack of that emotional attachment. And that's really what I was wanting as a child. You know, you want to have that emotional attachment with your parents, but in Asian culture, you don't see a lot of that. You don't see a lot of hugging. You don't see a lot of kissing. You don't see a lot of that. So what you're doing is you're just, you're just growing up thinking that this is the way it's supposed to be. And you're supposed to be a high academic achiever, do good in school. So it was always like, getting the A's and making sure, you know, that you were doing your best. If I got a B in school, my mom was going to talk to my teacher saying, why did you give my daughter a B? I also had a reading problem. I had dyslexia and my mom refused to accept that I had this issue, which is funny because for 23 years, I became a contracts manager reading contracts all day. But it was that stuff that I was just like, I have to overcome these things by myself because my mom was the one that's saying like, there's no problem with you. And if there's a problem with you, you need to fix it, right? So that really was my childhood of just very strict, very strict in religion as well, going to church every Sunday, going to Bible study, being in the church, you know, dynamic of both of my parents being teachers and the choir and all that stuff. So it was a very strict and very putting a boundary kind of living, kind of, you know, a set way of living having to be that poster child, having to be that poster family. That's really what my childhood was like. Okay. So you mentioned you, you have Asian heritage. Where are your mm -hmm. parents from? So my, both my parents are Filipino. My mom is from the Philippines, but she has a little Spanish Chinese in her. And then my dad is half European, but my dad was born in, uh, he was born in the Philippines actually during the war. He was born in the rainforest. And then um, he was, they, they lived, my grandparents and them lived in, in uh, Yakima, Yakima, Washington. And then my dad met my mom when she was visiting and then that's when they got married. And so that's really how they started. But yeah, so my mom was Filipina in the Philippines and my dad was in the American and then they got married. Okay, cool. So have you been to the Philippines yet? Do you go regularly? I have not. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why 18 and to 19 hours on a plane doesn't really sound fun. <laughs> That's fun. And, and also my mom has said, you have to be super careful when you're a tourist there too. There's specific places that I would love, but I feel I would travel to other tropical places before I would travel 18, 19 hours. Okay. So yeah. the young Mel, you're five, six years old. You're under this constant pressure. You must yes. deliver. Yes. So yeah. what about your own dreams and aspirations? What did you want to become? When I was younger? Yeah. 
Wow. Do you know what's funny is a lot of the times when you are dealing with trauma like that, you kind of put a side of you away. You tuck it in the closet. And I want to say when I was young, I don't even know what I wanted to be. Honestly, I think I wanted to be more of a vet than anything. But as I grew up, I was like, I want to help people with the mindset. I already knew. I already knew what I was going to do was like, you know, I was like, how do I help people feel better? That's really what I wanted to do. But I am also an animal lover. So I was like, how can I work with animals as well? But there was a lot of big part of me because of my childhood that I literally have just poof, gone. I mean, I have conversations with my sister and they go, they go, do you remember when we used to do that? And I was like, I don't. Because it was so traumatic for me that I had to tuck it away until I was ready to really like, you know, focus on it. And that's part of my coaching journey was to focus on what are the things that I just didn't like. So yeah, so as a child, I was I, I was very quiet. Like talking with you now, you would think like, oh, you were always like a bubbly person. No, I didn't start talking till like in high school. I was the shyest and most nervous person around anybody. And that's why I was just like stuck in my bubble. So for me to really express how I was as a child of like my you know parents going, you have to do this. It was just do what you're told. And then you're just stuck in your like, and that's why the rebel came out later. It was like, I just felt stuck imprisoned into like, like not being a happy child. I really wasn't, but I smiled all the time. <laughs> but I just inside, I wasn't happy. I was, I wanted that. I wanted to be that happy child. So yeah, a lot of trauma. You know, that's incredible because it's exactly the same for me. And people see me now and they go, oh, Jeff, you're on stage and you get nervous when you speak on stage and all of these things and the amazing places you go to. And people then ask me about my childhood, and it was very, very similar. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I started high school, and in the one year, I came second, second. And I ran home. I sprinted home, and it was about one and a half miles. I could yeah. not wait to tell my mom and dad. And I said, hey, dad, look at this. I came second. And he went, yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. Why yeah. didn't Why didn't you come first? Yeah. Yes. I I can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm and I'm like what? What? There's a class of thirty five kids or thirty three kids. I came second in and yeah. Come back and tell me when you first. And I said and I remember this. I said, but I really tried my best. Mm-hmm. And, and he mm-hmm. said, trying your best doesn't mean anything it's results that count wow and i'm 11 years old and i can still remember it now so i can relate to your trauma yeah yeah i was the same thing so my older sister was a valedictorian and so i was walking in that shadow of you have to get a's just like her and i was just like but I'm not her. I, that's where it was really it was that identity crisis of I have to be as good as her. So I have to work doubly hard, even with my, um, you know, reading problem or this or learning a little bit slower. I had to be in her footsteps. And then the young one comes and then they don't care about her and she's getting B's and maybe got a C. And then here I am having to like really just be my best self. <laughs> and it was never enough. So I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I, I was the young one, though. I wasn't the middle one. So, okay. I, But my brother was seven years older than me. So 
we just ain't lived in different worlds, different planets, didn't see each other, which is a little bit different. Fortunately, he wasn't that smart, so I didn't have uh, lots to live up to. But you know what's right. interesting? I really tried hard that year at school, and my dad told me that it crushed me. I didn't bother trying again. Yeah, yeah. You and get exhausted, Yeah, right? yeah. Right. And, and it's like, well, why bother? Yeah. So uh, what we as parents say to our kids has a huge impact, not only that day and what they're doing, but shaping their whole lives. Yeah. And I'm with you. I rebelled. <laughs> That's why we get yeah, so well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I say I'm the white sheep of our family. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm nothing like the rest of them. And my, and my, yeah. my daughters think I'm a rebel too. So I'm, yeah. I'm nonconformist. And, and that's because, like you, I was just pressured, oppressed, oppressed. Mm -hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Just mm -hmm. oppressed for so long. And I really didn't find myself for ooh, well into my 30s. Shame, yeah. huh? Shame. Yeah, but yeah. Um, And now I'm discovering myself and changing all the time. But let's talk about you then. You want to be a vet and you want to do good. So at what age were you thinking of uh, being a veterinarian or a surgeon? Well, I'm going to even go backwards because just recently yeah. my parents moved out of their house of 48 years and there was like a ton of stuff. And I found this box of my stuff and it said... I believe it said vet, but the other thing that I wanted to be is I wanted to be a queen. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading that. It just came to me like I wanted to be a queen and I wanted to be a vet. Um, you know, just the love of animals is that unconditional love, though. So we had a dog, we had a chicken, we had a rabbit, you know, and just connecting that connection of you think you don't expect anything from animals. Right. But you they're like spirit animals, right? They have that unconditional love. You can hold them and you will feel loved. And that was a thing that I took out, like connecting with animals. And I do, right? I, I, I like feed my hummingbirds and I'm like going to my parents to help feed their like wild animals. It's just having that like loving something and you don't have to expect anything back, but they give you that love back. I think that's that's my connection with animals. Yeah, definitely. I, I've I've grown up with animals myself. We've always had a dog, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, they're just. I just love animals. Whether I could be a vet? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could be a vet now. Okay, but yeah. How, how <laughs> but about? I think it was just like being around a ton of animals. It was always my thing, or you know, having a dog rescue because I love dogs. I'm a dog person. I'm a dog mom. But it's just like helping them, you know. Especially when I see, you know, even if I watch videos today and I see animals suffering. It like puts a tear in my eye. Like this is how deaf it like like I can just trans you know just relate to animals and their energy. You know what, Mel? I've just realized something. You've made it. You are <laughs> you, you are an animal queen. You <laughs> animal, I am an animal queen. Yeah, You're right. You yeah, made it. Yeah. You made it to yep. queen as yep. well. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how old were you at this point? And then. What happened in this transition to say, well, actually, it's not animals, it's people and mindset, to use your words? When did all this start to kick in? How old were you? Well, I will tell you, it, I knew I wanted to help people. And I knew as I was getting into high school, like middle school and high school, 
it shifted from animals to being a psychologist. I was like, I'm going to be a psychologist. That's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be in the room with someone and really talk to them and help them out. I already knew that. And I, I was thinking like, how do I make this happen? Right. Because that's a lot, you know, college and everything like that. But here's the thing. As I became a rebel at 18, I left my house. I didn't wait. I went to college and then I dropped out of college because my parents said you can, it was, and it had to do with a boyfriend because I didn't have a boyfriend until I was 17. And they were, they were like, you can go to college and leave your boyfriend, or you can live with your boyfriend, leave the house and then not do college. And I didn't pack, I packed myself so quickly and left that day. That really was, it was, but I feel like, you know, for me, that transition was, I was really angry for a long time. And here's what I say about parents. It's not that the parents are good or bad. They have ancestral cycles and conditioning and trauma that they had to deal with. And then it's just the cycle and, and it goes on for generations and generations until someone says stop. So I am the generation for myself and my family that was like, no, not doing anymore. But I think for me to transition to what I am today, there was a lot of thinking of like, how do I help people feel good? I want people to feel good. I want to feel good. But I was stuck in this, this little, this um, recycling these emotions of I'm pissed off. And even my sisters would all say, you're always pissed off. You're always angry. I go, because I was an angry child. I was not loved. I wanted that love. And then what that transitioned is getting the wrong love in my teen years. And that's a whole thing, the shift too. But then I knew more and more and more as time went on, I was like, I need to find what happiness and inner peace looks like. That's what I want. That's what I want in life. So that's where it kept on growing and growing, growing. And I knew it. I just didn't know how to get there until later in life. Okay. In a while, not just yet, we're going to okay. talk about manifestation. Okay. And the reason I say in a while is that mm -hmm. you've just said I had love, but it was the wrong love. Yeah. So given the history and everything that's going on in your life and anger, Mm -hmm. You'll understand the way I'm asking this question now. You probably yeah. guess what's going to come. Yeah. How, how did I'm you? For it. <laughs> how did you attract the wrong love into your life? How did that happen? So here is a way you become who you are. Okay, so from zero to ten, you are taught how to love the way you see your parents love each other, the way you're supported, the way you love you, whatever is in there, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that becomes your blueprint of love, okay? With everything else too, that's self-worth. What is love, okay? And then what you do, whether you're a rebel or not, not, you take the same subconscious mindset into your adult life as I'm still, I'm not, I'm gonna get better love. I want better love. But the problem is there's a big energy of the narcissism of the not feeling love that is sent out when you're looking for love. So when I was looking for love, I was looking for one thing, one, someone who could give me physical touch and someone that could just, and most of that was physical touch because I wasn't touched a lot as a child. I wasn't given hugs. I really wanted that. But then I was also manifesting just who I am because you manifest who you are, the problems I had. So that energy went out and then I was you know, um, manifesting all the men that were, and I would say immature men that were narcissists 
that were mean, that cheated on me, that abused me physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually. And I was wondering, like, why do I keep on manifesting the same thing? But that was my energy. That was what I was sending out. But that's all that I knew love was that that what that love was. And that's a lot was going on in people today. Your blueprint of love is what you're attracting in love unless you change your dynamic of how you feel about love. That makes sense. It makes absolute sense. That's why I asked the question, of course. So, uh, and uh, and I said, how did you attract that love to yourself? So, great. So, you decided to break this loop. Yeah, I decided, yep. How did you you do it for you? Well, I broke up with everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I said, it's time to take a break. After 20 some years being in relationships and, you know, marriage and all that stuff, divorce, I was just like, it's time for me. And it was time, the time where I was just saying, I need to figure out what's going inside of me. I need to figure out why I'm so negative. I need to figure out why everybody comes to me for that advice. Cause everyone always comes to me for advice. Cause I, I'm the soap opera of relationships. So I can tell you what is the best thing <laughs> not to do. Okay. What do, don't do that. Right. Um, but I really need to, to learn self-love and self-worth because self-worth is self-love. I need to find out what I was lacking in that energy of feeling so tight in the chest. And that's where, you know, heart shocker is right. And then I, you know, that's what really catapulted me when the pandemic started. Lockdown is like, I was a social butterfly. I was going out five days a week. I was just, you know, happy-go-lucky, but I still was coming home and going, I'm just not happy. I do not have inner peace. And that was a growing start for me of like, I'm going to figure it out. And then I just started take start. That's when I started my journey of starting to take energy courses and manifestation courses, which led me to uh, becoming a master um, life coach, master spiritual life coach. So I got my accreditation in that, and that happened very quickly, like in six months. And then I opened my business. Okay, rewind. We'll come okay. back. We'll come back to this. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll come back yeah. to this. So. You have a life without the kind of love that you want. So I take it you're an emotional person. You like yeah. to be held and hugged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you were not getting it. So how, how did you make the transition? What What did you go through? Um, the transition was staying in those relationships for years and decades of really just settling you know i was settling for not being loved because i was used to it right i was being settled of the abuse because i was used to some type of abuse emotional abuse is abuse it's some type of abuse i was trying to get validation again younger years trying to get validation from my parents to say that i'm trying like you trying to do my best trying to get the best grades trying to be the best self for you and it and i feel that that's really one of the things was validation so whether if i was you know being the best wife or being the best girlfriend i was always looking for someone's validation and that really was the cycle same with friends getting validation am i cool enough for them even though i was a cool kid right you're just like but i feel i have to be like this imposter to be friends with people or i have to feel i have to be an imposter to get someone to love me like do you know not be my authentic self and that really was what was hurting me the most i'm like i can't even walk out the door and be my authentic self the only person i could be my authentic self with is my dog 
You see what I mean? I do. So it's like trauma, trauma, trauma that just keeps on replaying in the mindset. And I was like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. And I'm very empathic too. So when I was with people, with men, and they had problems, I was trying to fix them. That's also a Filipino gene. You're always trying to fix people. My parents were always trying to help everybody, even the people that shouldn't have gotten it. So my mindset too in relationship was, how do I fix this person? Or how do I help this person? And then I was all, then I was just constantly just attracting damaged men, relationships. So that's really how everything starts manifesting because you set it into motion. And until you change the process of wanting to change that, you're going to continually just recycle the same people, the same issues in different people. And so that's really what happened. I recycled the same person in multiple relationships. And I was tired. I was done. I was like, I'm over it. You know, I'm like the Sagittarius fire sign. I'm like, I gave it my best and now I'm done. I'm like, I'm over it. <laughs> so you're suffering this emotional abuse for yeah. your whole life. Yeah. I would say over 25 years. Yeah. Yeah. And you well um, in relationships, but in the in the dynamic of yeah, it's you know, I'm in my late forties. So yeah, it's been a long time until I was able to come to that point. Yeah. yeah. And you continue to absorb it and absorb it and mm -hmm. tried you had empathy for the abuser mm -hmm. and none for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you realize the answer is you? It wasn't until 2019. Okay. 2000. Yeah. Now it's specific then, huh? So, yep, 2019. Okay. So, what happened, Mel, in 2019? Take me there. Well, I just, you know, I just came to a point. It was the end of 2019. And I just came to a point where I was exhausted. I just was tired of feeling this way. I was like, if I can see people being happy and in a relationship, I go, what's wrong with me? And I just, you know, and it's funny because I was talking to um, my therapist at the, not therapist, but physical therapist at the time, because I did get an accident in 2019. I had to bum me for like, I don't know, it was like almost a year and I was going to her and we were talking about the universe and this is kind of how it started manifestation. And because I was in a very strict Christian background, I kind of like walked away from that religion and spirituality. And I was just like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to be with Bible thumpers. I don't want to go to church. I just don't want to. And that was my part of my problem. My spirituality was broken. My spiritual self was broken. And then she was saying, like, you know, you can like manifest whatever you want if you just ask the universe for it. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, they're the rebels like that. But it also was a knock on the door from the universe. Like, hey, listen, you need to listen up, right? This, we're sending you stuff, right? And then I went home that night and I asked for something of just like getting help. And then all of a sudden I would see, you know, specific things that I would need to see. And I was just like, what do I have to lose living by myself in lockdown other than just to work on myself? So it was little, it was like the universe was putting me a timeout, but they weren't showing me what I needed to see until I asked for it because they're watching. It's just like your, your spirit team, your guys are just watching you until you say, I give up. Can someone help me? Right. That's the surrender. And then all of a sudden it's like, pow, here it comes. And then it just manifested from there. It just kept on going. So that was like my, how my journey started. Okay. 
Now, someone listening right now is probably thinking, what on earth is she talking about? Because there's so much information that's come out there, they mm-hmm. could be feeling like they're being fed with a fire hose. So, yeah, what, yeah. so what I want to do, I want to, <laughs> I, I want to rewind you. Yeah, uh, rewind uh, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> rewind. So we have this religious uh, background that's forced upon you. So it's forced upon you, so you reject it. I completely get that. Mm-hmm. And then the universe is trying to help you. You've, uh, whatever the universe might be, I mean, we'll all, we all yeah. have um, yeah. views on what that might be. I think the universe is a great word. So the universe is trying to help us. And then you mention, ah, yeah, and there's some spirit guides watching over me and they want to help me. (laughs) But, you know, they're really not going to help me until I ask them, even though I don't know that they're there and I don't know that I have to ask them. So you're in this impossible loop. And then one day, 2019, you think, you know, I'm just going to surrender now mm-hmm. what the the point i want to make here mel is you've transcended at this point from the caterpillar to the butterfly this this the surrender is not hey i give up feed me yeah. that's yeah. not yeah. what happened yeah. i think yeah. what happened and i'll let you pick it up from here is like history i've had enough now yeah. it's time to rewrite. Yeah. So yeah. I need assistance. Mm-hmm. So you didn't give up. You decided to ask for help. Yeah. I let go of control is yeah. what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Of controlling the narrative of the narrative that was going nowhere is what I let go of to say, okay, if there really is, and I say universe, God, angel, spirits is my universe. I, I, purposely did universe to separate it from the old trauma of that Christian background, that religious Mm -hmm. background. And so when I say for me, I'm not, I would say I'm, I come from a non-denominational background, but I focus spirituality, not on religion of a spiritual being living in yourself of your higher self and also connecting to a higher source. So God, angel, spirits, abundance, universe, whatever you call it, is just connecting and believing in something bigger than yourself. People think that it has to be this pretty package. It doesn't. It has to be that for you to create something and to change and ask for help, right, from whoever you think you're getting help from, you're believing that there's somebody else out there. It's like, for example, when people are in the hospital and in their deathbed, right? What is their family doing? If they're not religious, they're praying to God, right? Because they're now believing if there's some, if there is someone bigger that 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 being that energy is going to help us right now. So I feel that that was what I was trying to tap into. Of like, I know I can't do it myself. I know if I stay here, I'm not going to do good. I go. I need to open myself up to receiving from and, and this is how it was to whoever is up there that wants to help me that's what i did i was like whoever like show me right like show me and bring me back to where i need to be as a really loving spiritual being that's really what i was doing because i i'm a i'm an energy like energy coach but i feel energy i'm an empath 
I'm also clairvoyant. I also hear things. And I thought that was something I was messed up as a child, hearing voices and all that stuff or like seeing things. But that was part of my journey. That's part of my spiritual journey that is evolving. So there's a lot of things that when I tapped into shifting, shifting to believing in that, that a lot of my coaching gifts came into fruition, but I know we're going too far. So let me know. (laughs) (laughs) No, you can keep on talking because I'll just keep on coming back. That's okay. It's no problem. As long as you don't mind. No, I don't. So, (laughs) okay. So you've just dropped this bomb in the conversation. Yeah, I'm a clairvoyant as well. And you just carry on talking. No, (laughs) no. (laughs) I'm not going to let that one go, Mel. So (laughs) you're a clairvoyant. Things have happened to you. Even when you were a little girl, you say, and stuff happened and no one could explain it. So enlighten me what happened okay so it might sound weird but there was this television show that we used to watch as a family and it was called v and it was visitors <laughs> alien visitors that, yeah. was, yes 1980 yeah, something i, I remember yeah, the so advertisement yeah. the woman in yes. red and she yes, swallows this snake <laughs> yes. yeah that's the one right yeah it was a great show yeah there was a girl who was half alien half human right She was a blonde little daughter of like a doctor and she has special gifts of healing and like energy. And I always watched her and it's weird because I look at that today. I was like, that's what I was doing. I was like, I want to be a healer like that. I want to do something with energy that like heals people. And I don't know why I always had that memory, but as I started getting my gifts of being able to really tune into clients and myself of energy, of feeling energy, of hearing things, I was like, yes, I do have a gift of healing. It was just like in a different way, but I was just like, I can't move or shift anything, but I definitely can send energy for it to come back, that healing energy, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. what what happened then? What strange things happened in your life that you couldn't understand? Oh, well, I feel like for me, it was the ability to manifest things quickly. So, and, and I know, I don't know if you're ready to go into the manifestation. Yeah, but yeah, it was go on, let's really do it. Tuning into, so when I um, started my journey, I said, I want to manifest two things. Well, three. I want to manifest better relationships, whether they're friendships or not. And let me tell you, I lost a lot of friends in this journey. And number two, I wanted to manifest six figures in my corporate job. And then number three, I wanted to find out how I could build a business to do that full time and serve my purpose. So, okay, let me just hold you there. Yeah. So you said, when I started my manifestation journey, so when was this? 2019. Okay. Yeah, when I made that decision. And then I real I, I started taking courses the end of 2019 and really getting into it the beginning of 2020. Okay. So prior to that, what was happening with this clairvoyance and manifestation? I wasn't tapping into it. I knew it was there. I knew when I was around people, I could like hear things like I could say something and they're just going to say, I was about to say that. There's like that whole like, you know, little tapping in and I do it now too. like people like, oh, my gosh, or I'm set. I I feel someone coming in 
and I'll just text them and go, Hey, how are you doing? That's like so crazy. I was just thinking about you. Right. So it's, it's more like a telepathic thing, but it also is, I hear when I was going through my journey, I heard things like you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do this. And so I didn't have that ability before. Really, I had a little bit. I was like, I feel I have something, but that was also part of the journey. I'm like, what it, What do I want to tap into? Because I know there's things going on. I know I have gifts and I wanted to find out what those gifts were. Okay. So you heard a voice. Mm-hmm. Whose voice was it? Ooh, I don't know. It always comes on the right side. Okay. <laughs> so I can tell you when I finished my coaching, my getting my master accreditation at the end of it, right? So my course as a master spiritualized course was like up to a year um, course. And I hustled. I was like, I want to do this now. I hustled after work, studying after work and on the weekends. And I finished the course in four months. And I did my accreditation of 60 hours that fifth month. I heard the voice sitting at my desk and they said, and I just say they, because it's a ton of them. They uh, they said, it's time to open your business. And I never had a business before. And I'm like, nope, not doing it. This is just for fun. I don't know what to do. And I said, if you want me to open your business, you have to send me someone that's going to help me do my LLC and do my taxes. That's all I asked for. And I was coaching one of my clients and he, was, and he does taxes. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for someone to help me do my taxes. He gave me the number to a lady that does my taxes now. And she said, you know what? I have a person that can help you open your LLC. So now I have my quarterly tax person and my tax person. But the day after I received my master accreditation, I opened my business and I was coaching real life clients for money. That's what I was doing. It happened that fast, but I was listening, right? I heard that and I just bought it. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. They're just like, no, you need to do it. You need to do it. And I was like, okay, well, you need to send me my resources then. So I'm always like telling like, I will be happy to do that, but I need to manifest the way to do that. So I'm not struggling. And that was my intention too. I was like, I don't want anything, you know, hard to get a business started. And all it did was manifested in a couple weeks that fast. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So the voices I've, I've asked a lot of people about this, this, this voice that we hear, because when we have a thought, I, th I think mm -hmm. it's interesting if we sit and think about, well, what is a thought? Mm -hmm. But when we have this voice in our head, whose voice is it? So when we're thinking, it's pretty much maybe our voice, yeah. our yeah. interpretation of our voice. Okay. But, but you're saying this is not that. Yeah, this is more of um, my, I say my guides. So when I was talking, because I've had, you know, sessions with one um, psychic who I really trust. She's been doing this for years. And she said, explain to me, she goes, you are always born with two angels assigned to you. They may switch at the end of like how you grow up. And she actually said this, one of my exes were a, he was alcoholic. He was a closet alcoholic. And he showed his real face after and he goes there was a change in the dynamic of your angels when you were in the car with him and he was drunk driving and i didn't Whoa. know he was drunk driving. yes so it's that where i was just like that's weird but then that opened me up to like okay like so when i'm talking to 
the universe, okay? Because a lot there's a lot of woo-woo. But if you sit and listen and you don't listen to your ego or inner child of you making a decision, but you're allowing some type of resource, some type of other just energy, we'll say energy, of guiding you and you kind of let go of the ego of controlling like your narrative in your head because it is part you, then what you hear is ideas. Ooh, should I do this or should I do that? Or how do I want to do this, right? It's more ideas. It's not really the guidance is of here's something else you can think of doing. So it's almost like having your own coach in your head, if that makes sense. Of Instead of you saying like, how do I do this on my own? This is going to be hard to like, these are the things we want you to start doing. And so what I've been doing is just listening to my inner guides, inner self, and also listening to them and making sure that I know I'm not listening to the past trauma of the inner child, because they're all, it's within our being, right? You just have to know how to separate them. Like, am I thinking this because it's me? Or am I thinking this because I had past trauma? Or am I thinking this because I'm getting information? So that's how I look at it for me. Okay. You ask me, does it make sense? To me, it does. Mm -hmm. But I put myself onto the... (laughs) Onto the head of the listener who perhaps has not been exposed to a conversation like this before. And they're probably thinking, what the hell is this about? (laughs) And I say I say this with love, Mel. You know it is with love. I remember when I was first exposed to this kind of conversation to the first time. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, so we have guardian angels and they talk to us and then came purpose purpose yeah. in our lives and i think okay then yeah. how, how do i get to hear this voice all these other people's yeah. do i need to be psychic because mm-hmm. i'm not psychic i know i'm not psychic so i'm having all these thoughts and my head yeah. is busy yeah. busy busy and yeah. you're not creating any space or any room for anybody to jump in it's like having a conversation yeah. when one person is talking, except you're yeah. doing all the talking, all the listening, and no room for anybody else. Yeah. So we have to make space, don't we? You have to make space. You have to calm your chaotic mindset, and you have to just be able to sit and listen. There's so much, there's so many resources and information that wants to come in. But what we get stuck doing is the mindset is in chaotic state. We have so much going on. We're thinking about the future. We're thinking about the past. We're not in the present moment. But if you can sit and quiet your mind, that's where the present abundance is coming to you. It's not in the future. It's not in the past. Is like right now, and I think that's what a lot of people just struggle with, living in the present active moment and making your future, right? And making your past as well. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if we can make some sense of this for someone that's not gone through it yet. I'll I'll tell you what happened to me. So we'll use me as a case study, and then you you can do your magic coaching bit, not (laughs) on me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, But it's, oh, a person who goes through this then might do that. So uh, here's what happened to me. So the advice I was given after reading the books from the gurus, listening to the audio programs, they said, go into the quiet. Mm -hmm. So if you can't find that quiet at home, Mm -hmm. which at that point I couldn't, Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was listening to an audio program, and this guy says, "I before I go home, I'm driving home from work, and I just drive into a nearby car park. I park my car, switch everything off, I recline my seat, and mm-hmm. I go into the quiet, mm-hmm. and I just listen." And mm-hmm. he said pretty much what you just said. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Okay." On my way home tonight, I'll pop into the car park. I'll and I'll go into the quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing happened. Yeah. Nothing yeah. happened. So I thought, okay, then I won't give up on the first try. But I, I also started be, to become obsessive about. Well, what's my purpose? There must be yeah. a reason for me to be here. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought I'll go into the quiet. And mm-hmm. I'll ask the universe mm-hmm. for assistance, for guidance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in this car park. Mm-hmm. Nothing happened, Mel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I tried three or four times and I gave up at that point. So mm-hmm. there will be people saying, hey, Jeff, that's me. What yeah. do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to hand that little one over to you. Because you're looking for the answer and you're trying to control the narrative of it has to happen now. When you're releasing, you're just allowing things to happen in the timing it needs to come to you. So you can't sit in a car park and say, I'm just going to get messages right now. It's going to come to me right now because now you're controlling one. You have lack of getting the answer. So now you have a vibration of chaoticness already. And then you're like, why is it not happening? Why is it not happening? So then you're manifesting it not happening and more frustration. So when you let go is in your self-worth of saying, I'm going to just try this and whatever happens, happens. You have to be in that mindset because as that First, you're letting go of lack. Second, you're letting go of control. And third, you're allowing. You're allowing till whatever happens, happens. And manifestation is just that. You have to be in the, I'm okay if it doesn't, and I don't, and I'm okay if it doesn't. But this is what I would love to have. And you will notice when you manifest, because I found like there is a certain energy that I manifest at. And it's a point when I forget about trying to manifest it and it comes into fruition. See what I mean? So when you're trying so hard to create that, like, I'm just going to sit here for 15 minutes, it's because you're controlling that you have to have it. And that's not the way it works. That's not how energy works. So as you raise your vibration of feeling good about yourself, self-love, Amazon Prime will come in. It's like, here it is. There it is. But what happens is we go like this, right? We teeter good, feel good, don't feel good. And then it's snail mail to us. And this is why it takes a lot more uh, longer for some people to manifest is because it's like, I have to have it now. And if I don't have it now, I'm not going to feel good about myself. Well, you just doubled your negativity for that manifestation to come towards you. So that's really like manifesting is also those the hearing the the messages is like, I'm just going to allow and, you know, and you, that's what you need to do. You have to open yourself, but you have to love yourself first. And that's really why people have a hard time It's like, what's going in on the subconscious mindset that is functioning all the time? that I am not getting the result that I want. So you have to find out what that root of the problem is of why you are in lack, why you're trying to control the narrative, why you're not able to let go. And that is trauma, trauma, trauma. You just dropped another few bombs in there, which I have to come back. (laughs) And you just dropped them in. Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Self-worth. Let me just drop that one in there. And loving yourself, self-love. Let me just drop that one in there. 
because yeah. they are big, big, yeah. big, big. Yeah. So let's do self-worth first. Yeah. How does it help us? How does it hinder us? And what's it doing? So you, you said you have to have this first. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what, what is it? And explain why. Self-worth is believing in yourself. Self-worth is believing in yourself without the noise of the past. So self-worth is like, who am I today without the trauma, without the little voices? Who am I? And that's one of the biggest problems today. People are not their authentic self. As I just told you my story, I was not my authentic self until I was in my 40s, right? Trying to find that. What does it, What? how do I feel good? So self-worth is loving yourself. And then also combined with self-love. So unconditionally feeling that I am worthy to have what I desire. And people don't know what that is because they're just like, well, I didn't have it before. So why would I have it now? Well, that is a limiting belief. That is past trauma. That is a belief in your subconscious mindset that just keeps on replaying. So when you think of like, I should have a nice car, I should have money, I should have this in my job or, you know, a loving relationship. Do you feel that about yourself first? Because that's self-worth. Yes, I think I feel I deserve it. And then as you work on the inside, it's energy. Whatever you create by your thoughts, your feelings, your actions gets boomeranged out to the world. Love, career, success, whatever it is, money. And then it must be returned to you. So how are you sending that self-worth out? Are you sending it like it's positive? I feel good about myself today. I'm just going to allow. I This is what I desire and then know when you're not feeling that how you put yourself back in check to the self-worth because your subconscious mindset is programmed for decades i mean i've coached people in their 50s and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be worked on right but it's not that you can't overcome it but what happens is when you hear the little voices again you point that to who it belongs to so for example if you're working on money you're like i deserve a lot of money in my business and then you're just like but you never had a lot of money anyways right it was always a struggle right my thought process is when i fear money of money not coming as fast as i want to who's coming in dad dad's coming in right mom foundation. And then I have to say, well, I'm sending that back to the sender. You can't come in today, but there's a process of letting go of the past. And that's a big part of my program of how do you heal your past? Because your past is really creating your present if you're not feeling good about yourself. Yeah. So you have to find that worthiness to have what you dream of, your goals, your dreams, your the way you feel about yourself really is that self-worth. Beautiful. I love that. And then the second one was self-love. Yeah, heart chakra. Yeah. So when I meet with people and I tune into their energy on that first 30-minute call and I can feel where they're holding that in their body, most of the time it's in the middle of the chest. This is unconditional love. This is love for yourself. And what happens is that energy center is so tightly closed up from past trauma that you need to release that. But, you know, self-love is loving yourself, is being able to show love to others, is unconditional love. But again, love starts with you. So whatever you want to love on the outside, that has to come back to you through you. Everything that comes back to you. You can't say, I'm going to find a guy that loves me and that's all that I need, right? No, because there's a lack there. Lack of self-love to be fulfilled by somebody else. You have, If you are having your must-haves in love, guess what? 
you have to be that for yourself first in order to create the energy to manifest that person coming into your life. If you don't do that, then you're just going to manifest the same person from the trauma and just repeat the cycles within that person. Okay, beautiful. Now, I think we have enough information to start talking <laughs> about this without people going, what, what, what? Yeah, so yeah. we have enough there. So now we're going to find out about Coach Mel. This okay. is this is the one, the butterfly that was born in 2019. Mm -hmm. You become a master life coach. I think most people know what that is. Mm -hmm. But the, the one that fascinates me is the energy psychologist. Yeah. yeah. So what, what on earth is an energy psychologist? So an energy psychologist is able to sit with you and to feel you of what's really going on in your body. So we have 114 energy centers called chakras. We have seven main energy centers, and it could be anything that has to do with confidence, relationships, self-love, foundation, communication. And if you are wanting that, you know, connection to have that higher source of abundance to come to you. So when I'm working with people, I'm working on their energy centers because they're controlled by hormones and they're also connected to body parts and organs. So a lot of times when people have chronic issues in them, Say, for example, I work with someone who had a chronic stomach issue. She couldn't figure it out. The doctors couldn't figure it out. And I sat with her and I said, well, when you look in the mirror and you're bloated, what do you see? I see someone ugly. I said, what is that connected to? It was connected to past trauma. It was connected to that. So when she saw herself, she was giving the energy of that bloating even more based on a limiting belief or trauma in her mindset, right? So what I do is I balance it out. I find the root of the problem. That was not just looking, that was that. And then weeks later, she went and had, um, she went to a um, acupuncturist and the acupuncture goes, wow, your stomach's not as bloated because you're working and balancing your energy centers. You're also healing your body. Your mindset and energy is so powerful. You can send things to your body where they're hurting and actually heal that part of you. But what happens, so I say energy centers. So chakras are like wheels, okay? Those are your energy yep. centers and they run like this, okay? When you're not feeling good about yourself or not loved, we'll talk about heart chakra. Here it is. There's nothing that can come in here. Maybe you have like some you know, stiffness of the chest. Maybe you're feeling heartburn or something else like that. You're also affected to your upper shoulders, your chest, your lungs in this area, right? So you can have issues with that. What you do when you balance your energy of self-love, of feeling love for yourself and letting go of the past, guess what happens? That now is opening and is functioning the way it needs to function. So I teach people how to not just like tune in the energy, but how are you balancing your energy? How are you giving good energy to yourself? And energy is vibration. So if I'm sitting with you and I'm saying, let's think about this a different way. Let's think about money this way. Let's really tune in. What will happen is their vibration will go up in that session and their energy center will become more balanced. And that's confidence of having what money really should be. So that's really what I'm working with. But I'm also transmitting my energy to my clients to feel what it feels like to let go of those trauma issues as well. And that's kind of the healing of the healing of the, you know, girl sending energy. So I have to go and I'm in my sessions. I make sure I'm well balanced and prepared for every single session because I'm transmuting their energy and I'm transmuting my energy at the same time. So I'm making sure that I'm putting boundaries 
on all of that toxicity, but also allowing it to be released in the session. And then after the session, people are like, I feel so much better. A monkey's off my back. I go, yeah, you've been holding on to that belief for a for decades, right? And so I teach them how to really release that. But as you change your thoughts, as you change your feelings, that is changing your energy. It's also changing how your body is functioning. A lot of people feel more healthier. A lot of people want to do better. A lot of people want to eat better, right? Want to exercise. But that's because we're changing the dynamic of your structure and also your energy. So to do this energy psychology, do you have mm-hmm. to be in the same room? Can you do it? Uh, on I the do phone? all my coaching visual, uh, virtually, so no. So I okay. can tune into someone easily because I'm coaching in the U.S. and out of the U.S. I can sit with them, and all I do is listen, and all I do is like tune in. I go, where am I feeling that? I'm feeling that tugging, right? And a lot of people put that barrier around, like you cannot come past his boundary, right? And I go, I understand you have a wall up right now, but what you need to do is really open and allow things to like manifest into your life or open up to let that trauma just start to be released. Because what's happening is when they come to me, that inner child that's been hurt is slammed in the closet and locked, right? And then they're just going on with their life. But what they don't understand, they're just like that inner child wants so badly to come out of the closet and to be rescued by you because you are the one that's now in charge. They were, you know, parented, they did their thing, but now that you're an adult, you have the ability to now take control of what happens to that inner child to heal them so you both can be successful in life. Okay, I get it. So you're able to work with people all over the world. Yeah. Uh, but it was interesting, you have to get yourself ready to be able to do that first. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, because as you were saying that, I'm thinking, oh my goodness, we had a good 10 minute chat before we started this interview. Did you zap me? I'm thinking. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I don't like, you know, I only, I only tap into people's energy that are just, you know, well, I can tap in people's energy because I'm an empath, right? So I can feel you. But having a conversation, I was not over or anything like you. I love, I enjoy our conversations. They're very witty. But when I'm working with someone that is trauma, and those are the people that are sitting on those complimentary calls, I'm like, okay, what's going on? What is your fear? What doesn't make you feel good? And when I can pinpoint, then I can say, okay, this is what we need to work on together. And that's really doing the energy. And you'd be surprised, even with that 30 minutes, people go, wow, I've been in therapy for 10 years and no one's told me that I need to work on this. I feel so much better that I'm actually seeing a direction of this is not just me. And that's really what the empowerment energy I want to give to people is that this is not you. This is just how you were conditioned to feel. This was your situation. So it's not that you're responsible of what you went through, but it is your accountability to heal yourself, to be a better person, to help humanity. Okay. I think we have enough information now for you to explain what it is that you actually do and Mm -hmm. who you work with and Mm -hmm. what they can expect from you. So I, I think we have enough now so without going what (laughs) so coach mel yes what do you do 
So I work with business owners. I help business owners overcome, really reprogram their mindset is really what I'm doing first. That is my main thing. Reprogram your mindset to think differently. And that is overcoming your limiting beliefs. And I help them really get really clear on their goals. Because if you really want to manifest your success, you have to be clear. And as we talked in our, you know, 10 minutes, if you are not clear, you're going to manifest tons of things that you don't want to manifest. But I help them really get clear on their goals. I help them with a chaotic mindset, get that organization, because a lot of people that say, I don't have time and energy to do anything. I said, well, how long are you stuck in your head all day? Because if you have a chaotic mindset and you're thinking about all the things you have to do, more than likely, you're not doing any of the actions. You're just overthinking. So really, really getting out of that out of your head. And then as you do that, then we can make a strategy plan of, wow, I could do this in my business that would work better. Or it's like, you know, how do I brand myself better? How do I get leads better? How do I track those clients? But a majority of my program is really reprogramming the mindset because I say it's 90-10, 90% mindset and then 10% tasks because the tasks are easy, but your mindset has to be in the right motion to manifest those tasks being done. So that's really what I do. Okay, so now we know that then. Let's explore that because I've seen, uh, you've been featured in many big publications. Uh, your front cover, you're a mm -hmm. successful woman, you're a gorgeous woman. These magazines go yeah. all over the world. Uh, and you think, wow, that looks fantastic. And there's Coach Mel talking about the importance of mindset and limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. that, that's mm -hmm. what you're there for. So we've yeah. hinted about it. So mm -hmm. the two very, very big subjects I know. So I'm sure it's equally applicable to business as it is personal life. And there, mm -hmm. there are people in life probably with goals now that think, you know, I've tried this. It, it's junk. Yeah. It just doesn't work. And what you're saying, what I think you're saying is get out of your own way, get your mindset right, and let's understand the things that are holding you back. You're saying yeah. limiting beliefs. Yeah. yeah, it's really about self-development is a big part, just mm -hmm. developing who you were supposed to be. You're supposed to be on this planet in this lifetime. Oh, now I there's another bomb you've dropped there, right? You just, <laughs> you just, <laughs> I can't help it. I'm just a firework of bombs. <laughs> so you... you <laughs> but self-development okay. is also working on limiting beliefs. That is part of self-development. Understanding yourself, that's part of self-worth and self-love. It's like you have to develop yourself into another different way of thinking, right? So the development is changing your mindset, is changing the way you feel about yourself, is changing what you usually would do to a different habit, to a different experience, to something that makes you feel good. A lot of people go, well, I'm an overthinker. I don't know what choice to make. I go, there's no wrong or right or wrong choice. What choice makes you feel good? And then go with that. But know that is it for your highest good to make that choice, right? Mm. A lot of people get stuck. So the development is like really understanding how you are as a person, how you think, how your mindset works. And then what will happen is then you start just like aligning with what you really want to do in life. And then everything starts to come easier because you're just like not fighting your inner child, your past trauma, and then your conscious state, you know, you're literally in the calm state of like, okay, 
now I'm ready to work on this. How do I do this? And then that's what I really work on the steps of customizing the program to everyone has their own unique story. You're not going to come in my 12 week program and have the exact same process as the last person, because some people are stuck really in bad relationships. And some people are like, money is just a hard thing. So what I do is like, let's focus on this a little bit more because that's developing you to feel different about what your problem is. So your problem becomes your manifestation of getting that, but we have to overcome the problem thinking. Okay. So overcoming the problem thinking. So do you have any tips or daily habits that yeah. that perhaps you do or you can recommend that other people do to help create the right mindset now i ask this mel because there's the danger of hot bath syndrome here in that people say oh yeah great i love myself i like myself i've got my goal this is manifested it's great i'm motivated and then the next week it's all gone again yeah and i've yeah. seen i've seen people in that state and then they plummet again so how do we get into the right mindset to begin with mm -hmm. and then what things do we need to do to maintain it and this i'm not talking about positive thinking here yeah, uh, no. yeah. yeah. so yeah. the right mindset how do we find it you might want to go into that bomb you dropped saying, who are we supposed to be? That's an interesting one. But but really, how do we get the right mindset and how do we maintain it? And what happens yeah. when we start slipping off the edge? What do we do? Yeah. Well, first, you have to acknowledge you have a problem. A lot of people don't want to acknowledge that. There's a problem and there's change that needs to happen. That's when you start reconstructing the way you think. Okay. You have to be like, I am over it. I'm over it. And I just want something different. You have to be like, it is not working the way I'm thinking, the way I'm doing things. Something is not right. When you know that, that's the first step to transitioning your mindset of thinking like I need to create better habits. I need to think differently. And then you need to like uh, figure out what do you want? Like, even if it's writing down in a journal, here is my goals that I really want to accomplish. And then what you can write in that journal is here are the things that I fear about it. Okay. So if you can say your dreams and you can put down your blocks, you know that you have past trauma living beliefs that need to, you need to overcome. Now, is it easy to do that without a mentor? No, it's not easy to do that without a mentor. And I don't say that in a salesy way. It's because you need someone and not all mindset coaches are the same either. You need to go back to the past is where you need to go. You need to find out what are the five to 10 storylines that keep on recycling in your mindset when you're trying to get to the next level. And that's what makes me unique is that I'm going to go down the rabbit hole. If you don't like it, it's going to trigger you, but you have to do that. One of the things that I just... um uh, had in Brains Magazine, I just did an article, is how to start your day of just calming your mindset, because that is going to be a difference. How you start your day will make a difference of what you manifest for the day. So what I wrote about it is how to start your day with five deep breaths, like just sitting in bed, calming the mindset, and then listening to yourself breathe, breathing in through the nose for four seconds, like bring energy up, 
good energy, white energy, light, and then blowing out all the toxic energy. I don't care if you're woo or not. This is going to change your energy because what you're doing, you're opening up your centers and you're releasing like the things that don't make you good, so, uh, don't feel good about. So what I could do in the morning is go, I'm going to breathe in abundance, breathing in abundance. I see the money. I see what it looks like in my bank account. It feels good. And then what I'm doing is when I'm blowing out, I'm blowing out all the negative beliefs about money. So I'm letting that energy go. And as I keep on doing that five times, then what I'm doing is I'm starting to reframe the mindset and I'm also starting to rebalance my energy. The other thing that I have, and this is a game changer because people come back to me, all my clients go, that breathing thing in the morning makes a difference. And a lot of people go, I cannot not overthink when I'm doing that. I go, all I want you to do is listen to yourself breathing. Because when you concentrate on your breathing, you cannot be going different ways at the same time. And then I have them roll out of bed with one mantra, whether is today's going to be an amazing day. Universe, show me how good it can get. I'm going to have something amazing coming to me today. What you're doing before you roll out of bed, instead of saying today is just going to be a long day and I'm not going to like it you're starting that energy of just clearing your energy with a negative thought. So you're going to say, today is amazing. This is what I do. Today is an amazing day and it scares my dog every morning. Then he gets excited. And then I roll out of bed with that belief. That will start reframing your mindset. But if you don't know how to, you know, release that limiting belief and take care of your past trauma, that's where you need a mentor that's really good at doing that. That makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... It was Rhonda Byrne, the creator behind the documentary of that great movie, The Secrets. It was yeah. 2006, I think. So we've spoken a lot about manifestation mm -hmm. and lots of people thinking, ah, oh, this is just the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. But there's much more to the law of attraction than just the law of attraction. Mm -hmm. So for you as an energy and manifestation coach, how does the law of attraction fit into your life and how can it help and affect other people's lives? So I took a seven week manifestation course. I was like, I'm just going to manifest big things. Right. And this is a well-known person that's on YouTube and he's a, he's a manifestation coach. And the fifth week was when I had my aha moment of the inner child stuff. He goes, if you want to manifest anything in life, you need to take care of your inner child and your trauma. And that's the first time where I said, mm -mm. I was fighting it. I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go back to the past. But this is manifestation. This is releasing that. So law of attraction is creating energy every day on the way that you feel and the way that you feel that you deserve things. That's law of attraction. You can say law of assumption. I'm going to get this day or I'm going to get that. Whatever the law is that you create within you, your energy, that is what you're going to push out. And then that will be answered to. It's a vibration. That's all it is. Law of attraction is energy. It's that thought, that feeling, that emotion, your self-talk. And then whatever you put out, has to come back in, but that's also manifestation energy. So law of attraction is manifesting that to you. But remember, you manifest, you're manifesting every single second of the day. People say, I'm going to manifest big things in the day, or uh, I'm going to manifest big things in my business. I go, great. What are you manifesting right this second? Because you're still manifesting every second of the day. And I think people don't realize that, put so much energy in a big thing, but you're really creating little manifestations every single day. And that's really pinpointing like law of attraction is always working in my favor if I think the right way. So 
If you think positive, positive things happen. You think negative, things difficult things might come to you, but then you're going to be like, why is that happening? Oh, it's causing me fear. Oof, I need to release that toxic energy, right? I need to put my mindset back in check, or I need to send the energy to whoever is trying to come back in right now. Dad, parents, bullies, whatever they are. Yeah. So... <laughs> You become what you think about. So yeah. if you think about good stuff, good stuff comes. If you mm -hmm. think about the stuff that you don't want, that stuff also comes because that's what you're thinking about. Now, we had a little chat before we came on air and we were in fits of laughter because we're talking about specificity. And I yes. was talking about a recent trip to Dubai where I over-manifested yeah. and, and I was flooded with stuff. Flooded being a good word because... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mel said to me, yeah, uh, hey, Jeff, I, I wanted a new kitchen. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's all I was thinking. So I'm going to hand this over to you. Now, sure. what I'm saying is here, the point is, be careful what you think about and be, be yes. very, very specific. That's the point. Yes. Uh, so so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to hand this one back to you now, Mel. I'm good. And this is before I really started manifesting and understanding how manifestation worked. I was in the process of like, mm, I'm going to do this. So I, uh, I bought a, a condo like, almost five years, I think it's five years ago now. And it was the old nineties teak wood and tile kitchen countertops. And I was just like, man, it would be so nice to have a new kitchen. And I was just like, it'll be nice. I'll wait to like, you know, save up money, but it would really, really be nice if I had a new kitchen. I didn't have to spend a lot of money on it. And what happened is that thought just went into, you know, into law of attraction of like living now out of me saying like, I will get a, I'm, I really want a new kitchen. And what happened is I took a vacation to California to visit family. And what happened is my kitchen sink over flooded multiple times. I came home five days later. And as I was coming in, I stepped on my kitchen mat, which was sopping wet. And all of a sudden my stinks, sink started overflowing. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I had to get a plumber. Well, two weeks later, I was cleaning a cabinet and found that I had mold in my cabinets. So I had to be kicked out of my condo so they could literally tear my kitchen apart. Well, <laughs> the contractors, they kind of like, they gave me the worst contracting person from their office. And we wound up again in fight. And he said, you know what? I'm not even going to put you first on the list anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to put you last. And I said, great. And I was fighting with these people for six months. I was out of my place for six months. However, what manifested was a brand new flooring throughout my whole condo and a new kitchen, which has had all the things that I whistles that I wanted. Right. However, what also manifested is I was going on trips. I went to the Bahamas and New Zealand while I was on that six months. And then at the end, when they were done, the contractor who did my kitchen or my contractor didn't do change orders with me. So instead of paying an arm and a leg for my part of my remodel, it was only $1,500 to get my kitchen redone. So, so I'm going to tell you why it's specific for you to manifest. When you are trying to manifest something, 
do not leave the willy-nilly area where whatever could come in. I didn't want to be out of my place for six months. I didn't want to overflow when I was on vacation. When I'm asking for something like a remodel, it's like, I would like to have the money in my bank so I can create something better in my house that is not going to be me having a disaster. So when I manifest with my clients, I'm like, what do you want for your business? What do you want for your personal life? Let's get really specific because that's what you're going to manifest instead of saying, well, I would like to be happier. Well, what makes you happier? Well, I don't know. Well, you have to know if you want to manifest it. So in order to bring your manifestations in more specifically, uh, getting really, really, really aligned with specifically what you want to visualize it, what it would look like, then that will come into fruition. But if you're just willy milling it and you're just like, I would love a new car, but I don't know what I want. And then you get wind up getting like a Honda instead of like, you know, a, you know, like a um, Range Rover or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, really, what do you want? I want to manifest money. Oh, you just manifested $20. Well, where's the rest of it? Well, you didn't ask for anything specific. You just asked to manifest money. So here comes that $20. So it's really fine tuning, like, cause that's energy. I see it. I believe it. And it's coming to me. That's manifestation. It's only three steps. Ask, believe and receive. Well, when you ask, be very specific of what you want to ask for. Okay. Cause then yeah, you're going to get everything under the sun and you're going to go, that was too much. It was too much for me, but yeah. I'm grateful. At the end. So, so you, you wanted a new kitchen and the universe delivered. Uh, and more. Yep. There you go. By, <laughs> by against your will, trashing the one you already had. But <laughs> yes. hey, you got the new kitchen. I did. Yeah, I got the so, update. I was so, for. so people might think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is this true? Now, I'm going to share a story with you. And mm -hmm. there's something missing from your life, Mel. You need to write a book. <laughs> I do. You were talking about uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And when this program is over, people will uh, will want your book but you don't have one so yeah. you need to write a book so i'm going to extend the hand of friendship and say i will help you to bring a book to life now now here's the true story i was okay. interviewed on a podcast in mm -hmm. 2022 and it was a lady who She's worked with Tony Robbins, uh, you name it, she's worked with them. Yeah. And, and she got me on to her show telling my story. And she said, how on earth do you get an, an, an Amazon number one best-selling book? And I said, I don't know. And I said, but I would imagine it would be quite easy. Mm -hmm. I said, because an Amazon, the, the, the call for an Amazon number one bestseller, for instance, a friend of mine, she has a book, it's $12. She, mm -hmm. she decided to sell it and promote it one day for 75 cents. Mm -hmm. And then she sold a load of books. And that day, it was the bestseller on Amazon. So she then wow. gets the title, hey, I'm an Amazon number one bestseller for yeah. one day. Now, if that's what you want, great. There's lots of ways that you can do that. And I said, but that that's not what I wanted. I wanted to to make a big impact. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, will you help me to write a book? And I said, sure. I said, mm -hmm. why do you want to write a book? And she said, oh, I've already written a book. And I said, oh, in that case, then, why do you want me to help you to write another one? She said, well, I've written a book. And now my garage is full of books. Oh, wow. 
Right, now, the O, and I said, okay, now this is a bit like your kitchen and your kitchen being flooded. <laughs> yes. yes. I said, let's understand what's happened here. I, and I said, so you've worked with Tony Robbins, you've done all the self-development. She said, yeah, 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 I did my goal. And, and I said, can you tell me what was on your goal? She said, yeah, I wanted to write a book. Yes. And I said, okay. So the universe has delivered. You've yeah. written a book. Yeah. Yeah. What you didn't ask for, what you didn't do is to say, I want a number one best selling book. Yeah. Yeah. Mel, she started to cry. This was live on air. And it was her show, not mine. I'm thinking, oops, I'm not yeah. in control of anything here. She yeah. said, I finally got it. I've got it. I've been working for 30 years with all these gurus and no one has ever put it like that. Yeah. I said, you have to be specific. Mm -hmm. So you should be thankful that you have a book because the universe has delivered. You've written yeah. a book. And mm -hmm. she said, yeah, but I can't sell it. And I said, okay, when it comes to writing a book, you did you write a book that you wanted to write or did mm -hmm. you write a book that people wanted to buy mm -hmm. then she sobbed and she no, she no. said she said oh my goodness i've got it now i said yeah. so let's begin with another goal then and if you want yeah. to write a book that people want to buy to affect people's lives mm -hmm. that's a complete different mindset to just writing a book that yeah. you want to write for yourself. Yeah. So yeah. the degree of specificity to any goal that you have is mm -hmm. about not only what it is you want to achieve, but also mm -hmm. why you want to achieve it, because I'll use your words here, Mel. It could be part of the person you're supposed to be on this planet. Mm -hmm. Could be part of your, pur your purpose. Now, for me, for instance, I don't like writing. It's not my thing. <laughs> and you know, I have to really work hard at it. At school, I failed at math. I failed at English. And I'm on record as the most successful author in history with a book yeah. about mathematics. How yeah. does that work? Yeah. And yeah. it's all about deciding in the first instance what it is that you want to achieve and how you want it to work. Yeah, because yeah. there's energy in your goals, right? That's yeah. intention, being intentional. So that's why clarity is so, so important. And that's what really a lot of people don't have, clarity, just like that person you were talking to. She wasn't really clear on what her vision, ultimate vision was, but then she knew what her goal was, but her goal was stopped, right? It was like, oh, stop, then what's the rest of the problem? I want to write, be a best-selling author that sells a lot of books, like even put a number to that. I want to sell a million books, whatever it is. But that's also part of the manifestation that you have to add at the end. What is your end result? What is farther than that? Like thinking a little farther than that. You know, people say, well, I shouldn't be specific when I like want this stuff. I said, yes, you should, because that is easier for it to manifest that way than to manifest a lot of different ways. And then you're just like, that's not what I asked for. Then there goes the lame beliefs and that, you know, fear comes in. You know, I compare it to Google. 
and there are other search engines available yeah. <laughs> you know but yeah. if you if you put in there do not show me a red car and press enter what happens is there's a red car <laughs> because google doesn't come back to you and nor does the universe it doesn't come back to you and say oh you don't want a red car can you tell me what you want instead then <laughs> That right. does not happen. <laughs> right. So, so you have right. to know what you want. And then let's go back to the Google thing. If you if you do want to see a red car, you go, oh, I want to see a red car. What mm -hmm. kind of car is Google going to show mm -hmm. you? It's show you any car that's red. Yes. So it's yes. like, ah, actually, no, I want a Porsche 911 in red. Yes, I've, yes. Uh, 2022 registered. You do that and boom, yes. it comes. That's how the universe works. Yeah, that is. You have you know to what? be specific. Yep. And so many more people, even though it sounds a little woo-woo on this podcast, so many more people are open to that now. They're just like, how do I tap into that happening? Because so many people are just manifesting amazing things. And so that's the, the, the way I came into this and doing it on Zoom, starting it on Zoom and even helping every people around the world. It's just been an amazing journey, but that's because I've found my purpose. Like you said, I overcame my limiting beliefs of all the things that I didn't feel good about myself. And I'm actually able to pinpoint exactly what I want and stay focused on that vision. And helping other people in the mm -hmm. process, Yeah, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. So Coach yeah. Mel, are we going to write a book? We're going to write a book. Good. Yes. Wow. Yes. Right. Yes. So you, yes. I'm going to start manifesting that. Okay. For right. All the ideas to come in. And get, yes, get your goal. Get your yeah. goal written. I'll <laughs> share it with me. We'll have a look over okay. it. And, right. and then we'll do that. Okay. So what do you do to get inspired? For anything. Let's say you're going to write a book and you say, okay, I've got some time now. This is my time to write a book. How do you get yourself ready and inspired to do that? Take my deep breaths first and going, yep. this is going to be amazing. And then write down ideas. But for me, it's really how that end user is going to read that. And really, I'm tuning into what they need, what the, you know, what is that problem and really focusing on here are the steps to get to that end factor. That's important for like me when i read, read do my magazine articles now is i do it like here's the three things that you can do and really step it out step by step but also telling my story because people that need your help people that are attracted to you are attracted to your story and i think a lot of people don't do that as far as marketing themselves branding like share your story with others because those are the things the pain points that people are attracted to to go oh she understands how I feel. And I share some stories with my clients too. I'm like, I understand what you're saying. This is the stuff I went through too. And you you just like relate to them in a different level and that opens them up even more to the experience. So I think just relating to them like, I had a really bad childhood. I went through abusive relationships. I had the hardships. I really didn't feel good about myself. But here is the light at the end of the tunnel. And here is how you get here. Okay. Yeah. Big question now. Okay. <laughs> this, this is a question that I ask every guest that comes on okay. to the show. Are oh, you ready? Sounds like a big one. It's a big one. <laughs> yes. It's yes, a big I'm one. Ready. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. Coach Mel, mm -hmm. what is the most important thing you have ever learned? My purpose. 
You Everyone's keep like, dropping these bombs yeah. here, right? <laughs> Finding my purpose is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, and that makes me very emotional because it's what everybody wants to wants to do is like find their purpose and to really find it, even though it was later in life, is it makes me feel good. And it makes me feel good that I can help people and get them to that end factor too of just really experiencing who they really are and and getting them out of that imprisonment that I found, but also healing them in the process and actually making them successful as well. So that's an easy question. Purpose. Okay. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> the, the, yeah. The, the, we'll, we'll come on back onto that one in a moment. Oh boy. <laughs> you, yeah. 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 So I'm, I, I'm, you're crying now. I have the benefit of it's seeing a, it's beautiful. Yeah, thank you. So, you said it came to me late in life. The truth is, Mel, it came to you when you were ready. Yeah, absolutely. You were yeah. not. You were not ready before. Nope. So let let's revisit purpose. A question I'm asked quite often is, "Hey Jeff, how do I find my purpose? And what is my purpose? How how will I know?" Yeah. So do you have any tips on how people can go about finding their purpose? Ooh, I think it's different for everybody. They're your unique story. For me, my finding my purpose was like this. Having horrible relationships, not having solid foundation and friendships and working nine to five or seven to four when I was working, that doesn't feel like my purpose. What else is there? And then I was looking for answers of finding that. I was looking for answers of like, if I can feel my purpose, how do I help others get to their purpose as well? So that also is a being thy psychology, that dream of that, right? And everyone said, like, you should always be a coach. And I said, I don't know if I want to be a coach. Like, you're always telling people what they should be doing, giving good advice. So I always knew that for me, my purpose would be, how do I help people shift? How do I create that momentum to get them to the next level and really how to restructure their mindset? So in these courses of all the things that I've done and learned, I was like, that's what it is. It's that living belief. It's a past trauma that everybody has. There's only like, I think less than 18% of this world that is like in a very supportive, like, you know, bringing up. However, as a child, you also create your own experiences of what you think you believe, right? So even though you had a perfect parents, you could have been stuck in your own thoughts of believing that that's reality, which becomes your reality today. But purpose for me is just like, what can I do to make a big impact? So you have to think about it. What am I, what can I bring to the table to be a big impact, not only for me, but for the world. And then those, it came very quickly. It was like, do this, 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 right? I was just like, oh, I'm going to learn Reiki. I'm going to learn energy. I'm going to learn all the stuff. I'm going to learn manifestation. And now I'm going to be a spiritual master life coach. Even the master life coach um, class that I took academy, they were in the UK. So I coached a lot of people in the UK, but I specifically asked for it. And it was after meditation. I said, I would like to be in an academy that does mindset, that does energy and past trauma. Not less than 20 minutes later of Googling all these life coaching academies, I found the one that does specifically that. So I manifested that. So that's where manifestation started to come in. But your purpose for me is just like, what do you want to share with others that make you feel good? Because that's going to be your purpose. The other thing, I'll share something about my purpose also. Mm -hmm. So I've been blessed yeah. with this gift of understanding 
business, key performance mm-hmm. indicators and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And part of my purpose is writing a book. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. <laughs> I wish it wasn't my purpose. Yeah, yeah. But I've I've written a number of books that have changed the world. Yeah. It's my purpose. It it was my job to do that. And yeah. the, I don't like doing it. Do I want to do it? No. But yeah. I've been blessed with this gift of understanding the subject matter and it's then my duty to deliver that gift and I have to work so hard to do it what's my point you feel blessed to have your purpose so do i but i don't think we have just one purpose Mm -hmm. i think we have a number of purposes and what happened to me i i wrote this book the kpi book Mm -hmm. that's the one that has made me to be on record as the most successful author in history this is a guy who doesn't like to write which mm-hmm. is, you know, That's but, awesome. yeah, but then you think, now I finished, now I don't have a purpose. And I was wondering in the mental wilderness smell for two, three years, because I think that's it now. That, that mm-hmm. was my job. That was my purpose here on earth. I fulfilled it. And now mm-hmm. I've got nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was a very, very lonely place. Mm-hmm. But then something wonderful happened. I realized that we don't just have one purpose. Mm -hmm. We have multiple purposes and there's always something to be delivered. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just leave you with that thought there because you might find your purpose and you think, well, that's not, can't be me because I don't like that. I don't Mm -hmm. want to do that. Your purpose might not be something that you like doing. That's all I'm saying. Like me with writing. I'm blessed. I'm thankful. I put in the hours. I put in the hard work. I get rewarded for it, for which I'm eternally grateful. That allows me to help others who are less fortunate than ourselves, which is also wonderful. Maybe that's also part of my purpose too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So next for you, Coach Mel, is the book. You have to have a book. We have to work on that. Even if you don't want to, maybe it's part of your purpose. Oh, you know what? I've actually, since I've been writing for magazines, I'm like, I do like writing. So I feel that, you know, a book is just the next step that I need to go and work on for sure. Excellent. So if someone needs your help, wants to reach out to you to clear themselves to center themselves, to find out where they are, to help find their purpose, to help get clarity mm-hmm. and sanity and love mm-hmm. in their life, how do they reach you? You can go to my website. It's www.soulvibeandenergyhigh.com. And what you do is you book your 30-minute free strategy call. We're going to talk about your goals. We're going to talk about your challenges. And we're going to see what's going on in the subconscious mindset that you need to be aware of to get to the next level. Awesome. Well, sadly, that brings us to the end of the show today. Melissa Acup, Coach Mel, you have been truly amazing. I've loved every second of meeting with you. You've been awesome. 
And to you, the listener, thank you for listening to Secrets of Success. I hope the show has helped to ignite your passion to be a catalyst for action and giving you the fuel that you need to realize and gain the clarity on your own dreams. If you've enjoyed the show, please hit the like button and leave a review. But more important than that, here's the thing. Coach Mel's given us some real important information today that could make a difference to someone's life. So here's what I'm asking. Share the show with one person. I mean, you can share it with a million. That would be great. But I'm saying just one. That would be awesome. That would be a thank you for me, a thank you for Mel. Neither of us get paid. We're investing our time. So the payment is please share the show. And that's because we can't succeed without you. So please go ahead, hit the follow button and share it with someone you care about. Maybe it will make a difference to their life. On another note, I'm always searching for great success stories. So if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you'd like to nominate a guest, please contact me at our website at jeff-smith.com. You know, I really, really would love to hear from you. So that's it for today. Thank you, Melissa Acup. You have been amazing. That's all from me. Thank you for listening and have a great day.